Welcome back to Catch Ups in My Kitchen with me, Georgia Simmons, the founder of Greedy Vegan. This is the podcast where we talk all things food, plant-based food, non-plant-based food and everything in between. This podcast means so much to me and Greedy Vegan, so if you enjoy this episode, please, please like, share and subscribe. I hope you're hungry as there is a lot cooking in this conversation. This week, I'm joined by co-founder of the Squirrel Sisters, Gracie Tyrrell. If you don't know the Squirrel Sisters, this is your calling to get to know. They are a no-sugar vegan snack brand, which is best known for their cacao brownie. But they also now have cacao orange flavor, peanut and raspberry flavor, and they've gone into savory snacks. In this episode, Gracie and I discuss hidden sugars in food and the link between good mood and food. I find the Squirrel Sisters such an inspiring journey and by staying true to themselves, I think they're going to be going to some really exciting places. So with that in mind, let's jump straight in. So I'm sat here with Gracie today, which I'm really, really excited about. So how are you? I'm really well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, really well, (laughs) thank you. So to start off, I've got some quick fire questions. So I ask these questions to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, don't think about it. Just give me your straight answer. Okay. Pizza or pasta? Pasta. Sweet or savory? Sweet. Juicy burger or overloaded salad? Is the burger veggie? <laughs> <laughs> it can be either. <laughs> um, if it was veggie, I'd go for the burger. <laughs> okay. Because I'm just thinking of like a really juicy meat thing now and I'm like, no. No, no, no. Yeah, okay. So a veggie yeah, burger. Veggie yeah, burger. that's fine. <laughs> Cook in or eat out? Cook in. And favourite delivery? Oh, Pizza Express. Oh. I always get Pizza Express. Really? Me and my boyfriend, yeah. It's the garlic butter. I love okay. it. Okay. But you <laughs> so, said pasta. Oh, I know. Pasta. I know. I mean, that was, ugh, that's such a tough one. I love pasta. I always make pasta. Yeah, same. Home, but I'd get a pizza delivery. I yeah. Say. I think there's nothing better than a homemade pasta. Yeah. I Pasta out just isn't No, it's not. Yeah. No, no I, I, I would say I have pasta kind of like three, at least three times a week. I love it. Like a yeah. veggie style, like yeah. loads of roast veg and then a nice tomato sauce. So nice. So are you veggie? Yes. Okay. I do occasionally eat fish, but I mean probably once every two months okay yeah I really yeah I I became a veggie four years ago now okay yeah Yeah, interesting (laughs) so let's start from the very very beginning so 2015 your sister Sophie she had a life-threatening disease can you explain a bit more about what that was and then how it affected her and what you did to help yes yeah so trying to think like going way back so 2015 was when we launched Squirrel Sisters but going back I don't know how many years it was quite a good few years before and Sophie had this routine health check with her work she worked for quite a big branding agency and so they offered that as part of kind of the perks and she um, found out that she had this heart condition called Wolf Parkinson White which people can have and never know they have um I don't fully know the definition of it, but basically you can essentially drop dead um, 
I've heard of you know really fit people running a marathon and then they drop dead because they have this and never knew they had it oh my god she didn't ever have any symptoms other than I think she had the occasional kind of heart palpitation but she never kind of looked into it and yeah so it came back um because she had an ECG that she had Wolf Parkinson White and um they you can either take pills for it or you can have an operation so she chose to have the operation which was keyhole surgery um so it's surgery really but um the first time she had it it didn't work um so they basically go in and then fire at I believe it's kind of like a blocked car I yeah don't quote me on that because I don't fully know but basically they fire at it um and that didn't work so then they tried another way a second time which is where they froze it I believe um and anyway after that she just became really unwell and I think it was maybe a reaction to the operation and anything that she ate that had gluten or sugar or anything kind of processed or refined um yeah she would just end up on the sofa or back in bed having cramps just really really painful cramps and like you know like I won't go into detail but just not nice um side effects so yeah that was pretty bad and I was living with her at the time I was um we were in Balham and I I think this is this was post uni so we were living together yeah and um I obviously saw her in the state and felt really bad for her and just wanted to kind of help so for me the best way to do that is just to make nice food and um when you're not feeling well you just want little treats and obviously she Mm. couldn't have the typical kind of thing of chocolate or her favorite um sweet treat is a brownie so mm-hmm. I went to um there was quite a few a couple of health stores in Ballon and just tried to find something that ticked all the health credentials that she needed that also tasted good and there really wasn't anything mm-hmm. at the time because this is going back probably eight to ten years now um that was gluten-free had no added sugar and actually genuinely tasted good everything that was gluten-free at the time just tasted like cardboard in my opinion um so I gave up with kind of looking and decided to just make some stuff at home and our mum are kind of growing up we've always known about good food because our mum's massively been into that and um how kind of food affects your mood so I knew about different ingredients and I knew the benefits and what tasted good so yeah I just really kind of trialed with things like cacao and dates and nuts and that was how I came up with the cacao brownie recipe literally just on a Nutribullet and Sophie loved it um my parents loved it (laughs) then we tested it on friends and stuff well not tested it but at the time but we I'd make it if we had friends over. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the feedback was really good. And then fast forward a couple of years, Sophie's in Singapore. I'm in between the UK and New York. And we thought rather than Skyping all the time, we would start a blog together mm-hmm. just as a fun little project, something to do that wasn't just just catching up. Yeah. So yeah, we started a blog and we called it Squirrel Sisters. And that's because um, our surname is Tyrrell and squirrel was our nickname at school oh my gosh because it rhymes with Tyrrell yeah even though we're different ages both our friendship groups called us squirrel and then obviously the sisters because we're sisters yeah so we started the blog we gained a pretty good following relatively quickly um we didn't tell anyone like we didn't tell any of our friends that we were doing this because we were embarrassed about 
Instagram and like putting ourselves out there. Yeah. So we kept it quite quiet, but our friends started to find us and we were like, oh God, we're going to have to like come, Admit come this. clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so um, that's when we were like, yeah, we've got a blog. And at this point we had seen an opportunity to turn Squirrel Sisters into something more, to turn it into a business. And um, we decided to basically launch snacks mm-hmm. and it was yeah the snacks that I used to make for Sophie when she was recovering from her heart operation so yeah we launched the snack bars as our first product and um yeah that's really how it started that is amazing so the blog originally like what was the content of the blog at that stage was it to do with food or was it to do with like everything and anything it was pretty much everything that was about kind of health wellness and feeling good so even if that was you know what exercise you know going for a run and how that how that made us feel or Sophie is really into yoga and has always been into breath work as well so just kind of really anything that is about wellness and but it was mainly recipes um and it was really all about balance as well because at the time there were quite a few blogs that were quite preachy and unrealistic and we just wanted to really be honest and kind of say that you don't have to have a salad every day you know like you can go out and enjoy like a pizza or Mm. and it can be you can find healthier ways around it if you want to um so yeah we were really about balance and I think that's what gained us the following that we got early Mm -hmm. on because it was very real and we were being honest about yeah, we went out tonight and had a glass of wine and ate this. But then today we, we're going on a long walk because it makes us feel good. And yeah, and also really like the link between like good food and mood because I know I feel so much better if I eat well. It completely, yeah. I mean, I really, really feel it. So I know if I go out and eat, I don't know, whatever. I mean, it's fine to do that, but I know I'll feel better if I have um, I don't know, like brown rice pasta, for example. Yeah. Like I know I'll feel, I'll have more energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was really about that, but just kind of finding healthier ways to enjoy life yeah. while not restricting yourself. No, definitely. And did you guys come from a food background? I know you said your mum was really into food. Yeah. But did you guys study food in any way or what was your first job? Like, did you have a food background? So no official kind of training or anything. Yeah. But, um, I mean, at school I did food tech. Yeah. <laughs> like going way back. But um, no, but it really comes from our mom. I mean, our biscuit drawer at home was not like my friends. I remember like whenever really? I go to my friend's house, I'd be so excited because they just have like, just everything that was really bad like party rings and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, dodges. whereas yeah my mum's biscuit drawer was kind of she had seed bars she's she really I feel like she was way ahead of the time because I feel yeah. like it wasn't really a big thing back then um and like healthy options so yeah she had hemp bars seed bars we did obviously have chocolate and stuff but yeah she she's really what inspired us and got us into and to understand kind of food I guess and then I did actually do food prep for when I was working so I worked as an actress for a while but also on the production side I worked for 
an actress. Okay. Um, and did quite a lot of her food prep and oh. ordering food. And she was heavily into kind of like health and organic. And okay. so I learned a lot from doing that. Um, really, yeah. So that, even though I'm not technically trained, like no. I have done stuff yeah. in the food world. or like, Yeah. And so the first snack that you made was the cacao brownie. Yeah. And did that go through any changes before it came out to what it is now yeah so it's what I didn't realize is that you can't just hand over a recipe like for a couple of bars to a factory so I we took the recipe and samples when we first I mean it took six months to find a factory but um when we eventually found a really really lovely family-run factory we took samples to be like this is what we need this is Mm -hmm. what I'm doing at home can you make this on a larger scale? And he looked at my recipe and just said, luckily he actually has a background in food um, tech and kind of nutrition and he knows what he's doing, which is really useful to us. Um, But he looked at it and he was able to kind of tweak it. It's pretty much stayed exactly the same. It's just the quantities are slightly different. So we did a trial with pretty much what the recipe was but with tweaks to do it on a larger scale and it didn't really work that well so he yeah we we kind of had a chat about it he made a few tweaks and then the second trial it it did work so that was really positive and it tasted pretty much identical to what it had tasted like at home Mm -hmm. on the Nutribullet so yeah it did have to change a little bit but the ingredients are all pretty much the same yeah and am I right in saying that the reason why Sophie couldn't have the sugar it was because I guess it, it fed off of sugar the the disease yeah so I think it was some, something to do with her gut and stomach which changed after the operation and it's probably sugar causes inflammation mm-hmm. and I think that's probably what happened we don't fully know what was going on but we just knew that anytime she ate something with refined sugar or gluten was a big thing she actually had to stop eating anything which was gluten free for years Mm -hmm. um and she would get severely bloated you know be in pain and have other side effects um which weren't very nice so yeah I think it's something to do with just that there was something going on anyway post the operation which had caused something and then eating those refined processed foods just I I just encouraged inflammation I suppose I think it's probably something to do with that but okay and talking about like the market now Mm. so obviously your kind of like ethos is like no added sugar no sugar Mm -hmm. I mean we're not going to start bringing up other brands but Mm -hmm. would you say that there are a lot of hidden sugars in vegan snack bars or healthy snack bars because I know that when people are plant-based or vegan they do tend to have snacks or mm-hmm. like energy bars with protein and blah 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 mm-hmm. do you believe that there are hidden snack hidden sugars in these in these products yes yeah, yeah so that's really I mean when I was researching everything very early on before we launched I was actually pretty shocked because so many you know not obviously naming names but so many brands that 
claim and market themselves as healthy really are not and things like I didn't realize that um the sugar alternatives such as you know coconut sugar brown rice sugar I think it is or syrup um various different things like that apparently can be worse than some refined sugars Mm. and so I just didn't I just couldn't believe that because I think they you know coconut sugar sounds so much better it sounds much more natural and um it just sounds prettier than just an ingredient list where it says sugar as the first ingredient um so that was pretty shocking and then going into it further and speaking to nutritionists the difference we use dates to sweeten and bind our product or our our sweeter products because we do have savory as well but the difference is because people like well you've got sugar in your product if you look at the back there is you know sugar yeah but it's very different and that's because dates are fruit sugar or they contain fruit sugar so because it's also got nutrients and minerals Mm. it basically doesn't convert in the same way as refined sugar or sugar alternatives do so it will be low gi so you don't get that sugar spike like you would with something else basically that is refined so it's been really challenging trying to educate people with that and get it out there because we are a small brand but I do think now is the time like I think especially Mm. with COVID and health being at the forefront of everyone's mind I think people are listening and realizing it as well and yeah it's something we're gonna continue going on about for (laughs) yeah I think it's such a interesting topic and one that people kind of don't think about sometimes like if people are you know they need a bit of a pick-me-up they're vegan they want to get their protein they like their protein bars there are hidden sugars and if people see I mean again like a diet coke I don't believe is any better for you than a normal coke like just because it has different sugar in it yeah I don't know if that alternative is good for you no so yeah I think it is definitely uh an interesting topic and yeah a common theme throughout all um my guests so far has been education and I think Mm -hmm. that's so key when it comes to food just got to educate yourself on Mm -hmm. what yeah what you're having and make sure these snack bars are you know healthy and low sugar and the fact that you guys only use dates that's just yeah Yeah. that is amazing and actually with protein bars we did look we do have um so our uh, peanut raspberry and peanut caramel flavors are technically we call them kind of a natural protein bar because they do have higher levels of protein than our brownie bars um and we did look at producing a proper protein bar kind of a high protein this these are a source of protein um and if you're to use protein powder you have to use syrups to basically mask the flour texture Mm. and so we looked at that and obviously to have a high protein bar you know the protein world does do well and people do want protein bars but we just didn't want well we just won't add syrups so um yeah we we ended up getting the protein levels by using different ingredients such as um peanuts which are relatively high um so the nuts we use and also the seeds 
Um, so that's how we we get our protein levels rather than adding protein, which then would mean we'd have to add some kind of like sugar alternative as well. It's so good that you stuck to your like mission because I think when yeah. you get to market and you're amongst other competitors it's really hard to then not be influenced like oh you know what everyone's doing that yeah like, we've just got to do it like I've got a product in front of me and like the you know it really is what it says in the tin like yeah. it is so natural and like that's actually kind of really rare to find nowadays yeah so um talk a little bit about launching the product to market I mean I have so much admiration because before greedy vegan I tried to uh launch a granola I mean it's not gone it's still there so maybe yeah. one day in the future it'll come back but talk about the journey to, to that I mean that's pretty impressive to go from making it in a Nutribullet in your flat to now having it stocked in incredible stockists like talk about the journey yeah so I guess early on we were very lucky in terms of our brand because um Sophie's husband she he wasn't her husband at the time um but he is a graphic designer so Mm -hmm. he was able to create a brand for us which is amazing so we had the visual and then we also had the samples so um yeah that was really lucky because it meant we didn't need to get investment early on so Ian yeah designed our brand um and actually you know what the look of the bar would be a kind of 3d visual of it and we printed that off or kind of had that to hand if we needed to email anyone and then had the samples and then it was really a case of just going a little bit crazy on the stalking on LinkedIn yeah and like finding we didn't have a strategy to be honest we really didn't and actually I mean I don't know if that was a good thing um we just wanted to go for it and basically get into wherever we could like we didn't have a plan of like who we're going to contact first we knew we wanted to be in Whole Foods and Mm -hmm. the health stores we really wanted to kind of that was really important to us. So Whole Foods was actually our first retailer and we got in there. We'd emailed several times, like, I mean, more than several, like it was embarrassing really. Like we were so persistent, but didn't get anything back. And um, then what Sophie did, I think it was the speciality and fine food fair that was going to be on in London. And we knew he was going, I think from LinkedIn, he posted about something and he still wasn't responding to us on email. So Sophie found his personal Twitter account and tweeted him saying, look, we'd really love to meet you. We're coming to the show. We actually weren't, but we would have, you know, if he yeah. responded. And um, he didn't respond straight away. So she sent another tweet with basically a pair of squirrels that she had found just on Google, like a picture. Um, and he responded saying yep okay fine meet me tomorrow 9am outside um and then I think dm'd like his number and we were like oh my god okay yeah (laughs) this is real now so I was up I think that night like I don't think we actually had the factory samples at this point it's all kind of a blur now because it feels like so long ago but I made some samples and um we yeah printed off the visuals of the brand and what the bars would look like and we went and met him at 9am and just, we had five minutes to just try and say everything. And like, he was like, okay, 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 cool. Like, nice to meet you. And was like walking while we were kind of chasing and talking oh, to him. Oh gosh. And um, then about a month later, after lots of following up and kind of checking in, um, he responded saying, I'll be yeah, launching you next month. So that was so exciting. Wow. And 
Whole Foods, I think, for all healthy, kind of more premium and unique brands and small small brands in general, I think it's the best place to launch because all the buyers from the bigger retailers go there for market research, mm. um, especially in London, the one in Kensington, it's vast. And so they'll have like day trips out to Whole Foods to go and like see what new brands are around. So that was huge because once we got Whole Foods, we the door was then open yeah. to basically get into lots of other retailers and we were also in terms of sales we had great a great case study because we were one of the top five healthy snacking brands and I mean there's hundreds and hundreds of snacking brands in Whole Foods that was growing year on year so that was brilliant for us to have that as kind of evidence to take Mm. to the buyers of bigger retailers and say look this is how well we're doing you need to stock us yeah (laughs) absolutely yeah so then um in terms of the next retailer was boots and this was so random like we'd never um really had them on our radar but one day we were working together from home and we were like why don't we give boots a call and Mm. just see what happens so this never happens like we we called up and asked to speak to the snacking buyer and she said okay yeah sure hold on and we were like, what? Like, oh my not, gosh. Because I, I just, I think it was a mistake. I don't know really how that happened. But yeah, we got put through to the buyer. And he was like, this is so, such strange timing. I'm looking at snacks this week. So we were like, oh, okay, amazing. And like kind of explained a little bit about the brand. He was like, great. Here's my email. Send me information. And yeah, we launched into 250 boot stores in our first year. And wow. got into the meal deal. And oh, that was amazing that's Um, incredible so yeah and then from there it's just kind of yeah just organically grown I guess and just yeah so in terms of like when you guys launched to now I think like the the snack market has changed rapidly Mm -hmm. from then to now and also like consumer trends have changed a lot like what have you guys found like are people more interested in like more health conscious I think the vegan trend has that helped as well definitely both like the vegan trend has yeah been huge like when we launched six years ago now and it was a thing but it wasn't anywhere near as big as it is now Mm. um I would say in terms of like habits changing like the last two years because of covid we were quite impacted because we're an impulse product so we're a single bar and consumers were kind of switching to bulk buying or buying mm. like multi-packs um doing one supermarket visit a week versus kind of just popping in after work at the end of the day and getting yeah. like dinner for that night like it would be more of like a planned bulk buy sort of shop so that's definitely changed but I can see it kind of going back now which is good now people are going back to offices yeah. but yeah I would say no added sugar people some people didn't really get it no. at the start and that is now I mean when we've spoken to customers like people get it yeah and it feels and they didn't yeah they they didn't at the start there would be the odd kind of person that'd be like oh yeah it's really bad all these sugar alternatives but now I think people get it and get the importance of health and and food as well like on the gut and just the your overall kind of mental and physical health Mm, no definitely and I think I guess during COVID a lot of people were baking 
Yeah. And they were probably making their own snacks a lot. Yes, that's and true. And now they're probably like, God, I can't do this all the time. Yeah. Like, it is effort. <laughs> yeah. like, it is. And it's like messy. Yeah. Like yeah. I actually made energy balls on the weekend and I was like, the idea of it was great. And then I kind of got to doing it and I was like rolling the balls in my hands and I was like, oh God, I want to do this. Yeah. Like, much preferred to buy them. Yeah. No, so I know, yeah, yeah, I can imagine you guys were, were really hit. Like talk about COVID. I mean, yeah. small business. How was it? being totally honest it was really tough for us and it's still we you know it still is um I don't think I don't know anyone that wasn't affected in terms of like small businesses and big businesses as well but yeah I mean I'm Instagram at the moment my feed it's really sad because we follow so many brands like it just feels like so many are saying I'm having to stop or like we're closing down um and some brands which I would never have expected that are in the snacking category that were doing incredibly well pre-covid have had to close so yeah it's been really tough and we have lost retailers but what has saved us is that we don't really have any outgoings and we are a really small team so we we yeah we just that's been I guess our savior really that we haven't ever spent too much like we've kept the business really lean and it's the companies or the small businesses that have grown a little bit that you know have huge teams now or you know medium-sized teams that are the ones that are kind of shutting down yeah um, because they can't afford to pay you know their their team and whatever else that they have going on so that I think has saved us but yeah we have been hit and like I say yeah we did lose quite a few retailers which Mm. is such a shame but we're getting slowly getting traction and building traction back up so yeah I think it's quite exciting for for you guys now because I think people they've had COVID the COVID is like finally maybe behind us their habits have changed Mm -hmm. they're not making their snacks by themselves anymore they're back in the office and they do need their like pick me ups, but not the ones that they used to have. They want something just more low burn, low burning. Is that how you say? It? Yeah, low like burning. Like yeah, or, I know. What you yeah, mean. yeah, like you know, it's not you're not gonna get the peak of sugar. Yeah, rush. You're gonna get yeah. something that's more like gradual. Low, yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, yeah. So I guess it is exciting, but no, that is a that must have been a long two years for you yeah, guys. Yeah, I can't believe it's been two years. Oh, I that's know. crazy. It's flown by, but. Yeah, no, I think we realise as well that for small businesses, going into big retailers is actually really challenging because they have such high expectations on what they want you to invest into marketing. And mm. like, as you know, after you've been with them for a year, they're very excited at the start because they're like, oh, we're launching this small business. Like, it makes them look good. Yeah. And then give it, you know, six months to a year. They're like, right, how can we get more out of you mm-hmm. um and if you want to be on shelf you're going to have to invest this so we've we've actually personally made the decision to come out of some retailers without being delisted this was mm-hmm. just a choice because we just didn't agree with what they were kind of suggesting um and i think retailers can be big retailers can just be a complete joke when it, you know they they claim they want to support small brands and yeah a lot are kind of saying you know oh we want to support female-led companies but at the end of the day they their actions are not showing that and you know they put these things out these yearly kind of promises but 
based on our experience with some really very well-known and big retailers like it's pretty shocking how they treat small businesses Mm. um so yeah we personally made the decision to come out of some because we've been asked for kind of sixty thousand pounds worth of investment and we can't do that like for what as well what are they going to do and how are they going to support us so yeah it's really challenging and particularly at the moment but I think with I know what retailers um what what the the kind of the top dogs of the retailers are requesting and kind of how it goes down the ladder and they I know that health is a key priority at the moment and healthy food is Mm. a key priority so yeah I'm hoping that some of these retailers will come back and yeah. like come knocking at some point definitely and just, yeah I think again you guys are sticking to what you believe in yeah and I think that's just so key and it comes from a place of passion I guess like yeah you know you started this journey with a goal in mind and that was to help your sister and you everyone liked the taste of it and you stuck with that and I think that would definitely show yeah um like a lot of the brands who are like following and just doing what they're told I mean that doesn't seem as sustainable as like you guys sticking to what you believe in I think that's yeah. really really good and I read in an article that you guys say that life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you how you deal with it oh yeah that's so I had <laughs> to mention that because I was like that's actually so true so yeah I guess is that kind of like what you guys how you guys feel with your journey yeah I think yeah so it's like life is 10% what happened to you yeah 90% how you react to it um mm. And I saw that, I can't remember where I saw it, but I ju- it just really resonated with me. And it's it's so how I live. Like, I think it's so easy to um, react and stuff happens every day with businesses. It's so, it changes all the time and you can get a horrible email one minute and get delisted from a retailer, but then the next day you can get listed by another retailer. And it's, mm. it's really just early on I think we were both quite reactive and it didn't it wasn't the right thing and I think I've just learned that actually just taking a step back sleeping on it or mm. yeah like almost no response is a response in some ways yeah. so yeah that is yeah I really love that quote yeah it's <laughs> good I think you can yeah. take it to everything as well yeah. like everything that happens in life like 10% of a decision is what the actual dilemma yeah and then 90% is what you do with that yeah yeah it's so true and I guess with COVID you know everyone panicked and it was like god you know but actually we we didn't react at first we actually just took about a week I think to just sit on our feelings and Mm. just what how we were going to navigate this like what are we going to do and that's what then led us to launch our online shop because we were seeing that everyone was going online obviously people weren't going out to shops really and the you know being limited to one trip out of your house a day I think yeah which is just crazy now that I think about it but yeah so I think yeah it's I just think that's a really important thing to kind of think about and remind yourself of and just yeah it's worked for me anyway yeah no I think it's really good so talking about the plant-based industry so you mentioned that you're veggie and you have been for four years yes yeah. So what made you um, turn veggie? Like, was there a certain turning point? Yeah, so I've always been quite fussy when it comes to kind of meat and even fish, to be honest, which is why I really, like, I mean, I 
rarely, rarely have it. Um, but I remember being young and at our kitchen table having dinner and we had a fish um, <laughs> in the kitchen. <laughs> and I remember eating and just being like, oh, like I was visualizing like the fish (laughs) and it just I know it sounds crazy so yeah I just I it just didn't I I've never enjoyed meat like I don't actually I've never liked the taste of it it's actually the sauce that I've liked so I kind of when I first thought about it I've been going that way and the reason I didn't go fully veggie for quite a while is because I was worried that I'd be a nuisance to people, like going yeah. to friends' houses for dinner, like, oh, here, God, Gracie's coming. Like, yeah. what are we going to do? This here is annoying. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I kind of held off. And then it was at my friend's wedding. Um, we went to Cyprus and we were uh, we were sharing a villa. And the it was kind of the girls and the guys. And the easiest thing to do was basically just to have barbecues. And mm. it was kebabs and... yeah. I was like, oh God, like I just don't enjoy it. So that was the last time I had meat, which was, yeah, four, probably, yeah, four years ago, if not longer. Um, And it's been a slow process, but I do remember from a really young age finding meat. And I I love animals, like I really, really do. And I just, whenever I chew or have chewed meat, it just, I think... I visualize the animal I just it literally makes me feel sick yeah so I can't yeah you like, just can't yeah like my boyfriend's a meat eater and it doesn't freak me out him eating it it's just me I don't like the texture I don't like the idea of it yeah and it doesn't make me feel good yeah whereas if I eat I'm heavily kind of I guess plant-based and when I eat plant-based food I feel good like yeah. I feel I don't know it just is a really nice feeling to think I'm eating this really fresh wholesome like nutritious meal that isn't a carcass yeah <laughs> like, that's literally like, yeah so yeah that's it's definitely yeah started from a young age like the mental side of it um and then fully yeah I fully went for it four years ago and so do you cook um your boyfriend meat and that's okay yeah so I do I mean he actually is pretty much plant-based well veggie with me yeah. um because it means he doesn't have to cook. Yeah. <laughs> so he'll just have it and he actually prefers it. Like he, he's, he's slightly going that way. I don't think he'd ever fully go that way, but I think no. he's, it's opened his eyes. Yeah. And, um, he really, yeah, he doesn't, he feels like he doesn't need meat. Like he used to think, oh, I have to have to be full. I have to have meat. Yeah. But he's realized God, like he's usually fuller from the meals we eat that are plant-based. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, we will have cheese and stuff occasionally, but yeah, he he might have like some chicken, at, you know, either in a sandwich or in a salad at lunch. But our dinners, which we always have together, are pretty yeah, like uh, well, obviously for me always veggie, but pretty much for him always veggie too. Yeah, I think it's just about changing the perception of it. I think yeah, people guys especially always think like meat equals equals full yeah meat equals protein yeah and it doesn't necessarily I no. mean I mean your bars for example there's yeah. no meat in there yeah and that's definitely exactly. got protein in it so yeah I think it's um definitely perception yeah and do you um use alternatives to get your protein like do you cook with tofu or tempeh or yes yeah so I use tofu quite a lot there's a really nice brand do you know Thai food yes Thai I food. do yeah, yeah so yeah. they've got they don't have it in any of the mainstream the ones there's basically this like tofu garlic wild garlic 
like slab of tofu that's mm. kind of a steak alternative I suppose it is incredible oh wow I'll send you a link after yeah. but they have it in Whole Foods and you get that on Greedy Vegan that yes really no good. it's absolutely delicious so um I'll have that I have I try and add like edamame beans um to things mm-hmm. and I have some higher protein kind of pastas like lentil pasta I eat mm-hmm. a lot of pulses um edamame pasta and stuff like that which obviously helps with the protein and yeah. um yeah it's actually very surprising like how much protein is in plant-based food yeah it's absolutely uh, like amazing like it re- yeah it really is really like in I think I can't remember what um ingredient but something like lentils has more protein than a steak I don't think that's the right one but it's something like that I think it's more I think the only thing is is that um is the quantity Mm. like in order to get the amount of protein that comes with the steak you'd have to eat a lot of lentils yeah but I think that's why the alternatives are quite good because they have the natural sources of protein um without you having to consume like five bags of spinach or whatever yeah exactly um (laughs) So was it really important for you and Sophie to have uh, your bars being vegan? Was that like a, I mean, obviously you were, you were making sure there was no sugar. Yeah. But was it like obviously very crucial to you guys for it to be, to be vegan as well? Yeah. So funnily enough, like I wasn't vegan or veggie at the time Mm. and Sophie still isn't. She definitely, um, her diet now is quite, she has a lot of plant-based meals and, you know, she doesn't have meat every day, but um I think because we wanted our product to be really natural and um for example like our bars they're raw so it kind of they were naturally vegan rather than it being like crucial however I think really like now we would only do vegan yeah products we we well that's how I eat now pretty Mm. much and I think it's a really important part of kind of the natural kind of side of things which is what mm, we want to be definitely. Um, obviously you can get processed vegan things but yeah I think we've actually I don't know if it's on these packs but yeah we changed um changed it to plant-based um so in, we used to have vegan on the front we've actually changed that to plant-based yeah. just because we weren't sure if some people particularly men were put off by the vegan yeah. part but um yeah it is really important to us now and actually we did uh publish a cookbook quite in 2018 which we kind of split the recipes so all my recipes were vegan and Mm -hmm. Sophie did have some in there that were they do have you know there there are meat recipes or um like there is dairy in some things yeah which I would never like if we got commissioned to do another book it would definitely be vegan plant-based um just because that's how I eat now and I think that that is what our brand is now mm. um so that's slightly evolved over the years like obviously it's at the start even though our products were plant-based and vegan like our cookbook did have meat mm-hmm. options um but yeah no now because of how the company's and brand has evolved it would definitely be vegan and what's your cookbook called it's called naturally delicious snacks and treats oh my god you'd have a look at that yeah and um you've now gone into savory yeah so talk about those products like what was the evolution to to go savory yeah so it was really kind of we put questions out on instagram that's really how 
we got to that next product and Mm -hmm. that seemed to be the product that was coming up the most so um yeah instead of kind of spending loads of money doing market research we just really like asked the question to our audience which is the best way to do it I think and they kind of requested like oh we'd love you guys to do like nuts and um savory options so that's really how that happened and also there are I don't think any brands that have nuts as part of their range that have no added sugar Mm. it's really rare um and that's because there will always be sugar in the flavoring yeah same with on crisps um it's really really rare to not have sugar and also syrup to bind the flavoring onto the nuts so that was really important to us and we were really excited to be launching pretty much like the first like no added sugar nut range yeah um people just don't again people just don't see that people just think that nut is savory healthy yeah there's so many hidden sugars everywhere and like you said the syrups binding I mean that is just again people just don't see that no yeah so that's really yeah how it happened and we launched that I think it was during lockdown now I think it was like Mm. a year ago yeah wow that is really yeah that is I never really thought about like the sugar on yeah like flavoring that's where it's hidden like in a lot of these flavorings so Um, luckily we found a factory that um, were able to do it and yeah and what are the varieties of your savory um, products so we've got smoked almonds Mm -hmm. we've got sea salt and apple cider vinegar almonds Mm. Um, we've got fiery chili cashews and uh, sea salt and black cracked black pepper cashews as well and we also have um, some larger sharing bags which are a mix of peanuts and almonds so we've got the smoked same smoked flavoring and the fiery chili that's really cool have you guys ever thought about doing a savory like protein ball or protein bar do you know what i've seen a couple of brands kind of pop up that are doing savory and i think it's really interesting yeah and it kind of makes sense because why does your on-the-go snack have to be sweet like yeah and yeah i, I think i've seen like a tomato and herb and um like a snack bar mm. and I don't because you just assume that it's sweet that that's just what you're used to yeah. but actually I think it's quite interesting and that yeah that's reminded me so you yeah, never know I, <laughs> I remember over lockdown I was experimenting with different things and I was like you know like a carrot cashew and cumin yeah. type thing could be a really cool I like that on the go like want to keep it savory yeah um, yeah I think that's quite cool and I think I've heard that if you add vegetables like beetroot or whatever it can actually bring the sugar level like it makes it even more low GI so that's a really good idea watch this space (laughs) we never know what comes next (laughs) (laughs) okay so my last question that I always ask everyone is what would be your last meal oh so it can be from any restaurant it can be from you know anything your own cooking, your friends, your mum's cooking, anyone's, um, starter, main course, dessert. So I'm probably going to sound like I'm contradicting myself slightly with plant-based. <laughs> but if it was my last meal, I would probably have um, garlic bread of some sort, like some mm-hmm. kind of, yeah, like garlic bread. or ar- I love arancini yeah. balls, love those. My main, okay, so this is a bit where I sound like I'm contradicting myself, but... Um, it doesn't have meat, but it would be this, it's Restaurant 34 mm-hmm. in London, do a truffle mac and cheese. 
Wow. And it's actually, I think, normally got lobster in, but I have only ever had it without. And it is in, I mean, it's heart attacks. It, like it is so like creamy and like there's butter and stuff. Um, but I think it's the, tr- I love truffles. Yeah. So I think that's why I like it so much. It doesn't taste like anything I've, it doesn't taste like any mac and cheese I've ever had. So I would probably have that if I was going to go non-plant-based. Yeah. Um, if I was going to go plant-based, then I would probably have... I mean, my favourite meal is where I roast loads of vegetables, say peppers, courgettes, red onion, garlic, and then have it with brown rice with pasta. And do you know Mr. Organics? The Yes. So I really love their roasted garlic tomato sauce, mm-hmm. which has no added sugar. Yeah. Um, and they use olive oil as well instead of... Um, other oils so yeah it just is really nice so I would have mm. that and dessert uh one of Oscar bars yeah obviously <laughs> have to say, definitely yeah. um so yeah I probably I might it would be cacao orange that's my favorite right. yeah that is such a good combination yeah you have to try um we stock an incredible oh. black truffle cheese which is uh, plant-based oh my god I don't have any oh okay today, you need to tell but me about, I will, uh, yeah you need it you need to try it, it oh my amazing. god wow but that yeah. does sound like a very good meal yeah but thank you so much for coming on it's been thank so you. interesting to hear your journey and to feature another startup I mean it's amazing what you guys have achieved oh, in amazing uh, retailers it's done so well so yeah if you guys haven't um ever tried the squirrel sisters you need to i think it's amazing and maybe there'll be some savory balls or yeah. bars coming next <laughs> yeah. oh well, thank you so much no you're welcome thank you thank you guys so much for listening to this episode i hope you found the squirrel sister journey inspiring and if you haven't tried their squirrel sister bars you must and you can find these in selfridges planet organic whole foods Ocado, as well as a few other health food shops such as holland and barrett I hope this episode highlighted that there are lots of hidden sugars in some so-called healthy snacks, bars and food. So make sure you keep your eye out for those. Thanks again and see you next week.